All right. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house today. Amen. Amen. We are in week two. If it's your first time visiting, uh, my name is Pastor. What's my name? Pastor Jeff Gwaltney. That's what my name is. That's right. Sometimes I forget, like my own kids, forget their names, forget my name. This four weeks is our first uh, series called Transformation, and it's kind of a teaching also. It's more teaching than preaching, so to speak, though they'll be preaching. Can't help that. But last week, we, we talked about repentance, and this week, we're getting into week two of God's transformation. And the video is not just to be flashy. It's a reminder of God's own transformation he had on my life way back in the day and how so much has passed. And the same transformation that occurred to me is meant to happen for all of God's children. Anybody who comes to him open-heartedly can be transformed scripturally. It's for everyone. But before we get into the word today, let's stand to our feet and honor all the veterans, all the military. Let's give honor where honor is due. It's Memorial Day. And we want to take a 10-second moment of silence for all those who gave their life so we could have this freedom right here. Amen. If you're a veteran in this house or active military, raise your hand. Look around. We got them all over, people. Aren't you so thankful that we have people willing? We also, the keyboard player, John, is also a veteran. They're everywhere. And if it wasn't for you all, we couldn't be here. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You may be seated. On the way to your seats, just yell to somebody, you need to immerse yourself in something. In something. something good, something clean. Today is not only the barbecue, but it's my wife and I's 12-year anniversary. So give it up for Michelle for putting up with me for 12 years. Come on now. All my great ideas, she still stayed by my side. Thank you, Michelle. We're so blessed. It just happened to fall on... Um, today, Memorial Day, and the, the barbecue. And you might have been wondering why I wasn't playing guitar. I know it's weird, the pastor plays electric. But anybody that knows me know I've, I've had a problem with this left hand for like my most adulthood life. When I was 15, I was going to sing in my brother's wedding. And the day of, I had the wedding cake knife cutting a lime, you know, to get rid of flemage because singers don't like phlegm. And I was cutting the lemon and I sliced this finger open day of the wedding with the cake knife. Ew. I didn't even clean it. No, I did clean it. We did use it on the cake that day. And then a few years later, much years later, uh, we were moving into our current house and I was in the basement going to town on all the boxes we had to cut and break up to get out of our basement. And I'm going to town with a nice dull blade. How many know the dull blades are the ones you got to watch out for? Because you get a little cocky with those things, right? And what happens is, bam, I sliced through my, my finger like halfway through and, and the nail was kind of weird. And, and, and I said, something's wrong. So we went to the hospital and took the nail off and then the, the finger was talking to me. Like this. It was great, great for barbecue, really. Yeah, you know, we keep it interesting, Cheyenne. So it gets better. So then uh, last year, last year, the same, uh, that was the thumb. The same thumb, 
I'm messing with the trailer in the trailer park, uh, RV park, and, and we got this um, weight distribution kit. Anybody ever mess with a trailer? You got you to gotta put the chains on. You got to crank that puppy up to take the weight off the back. Well, my thumb was in the little hinge thing when I went to release the lever. So guess what it did? It broke my thumb. And blood went everywhere again. So, so I wasn't playing guitar for a while. So then yesterday, <laughs> so good. I was, what was I doing? I was checking the temp on the barbecue, pulled pork. We got to have pulled pork. And I got a thermal pen. Everybody know the thermal pens are the bomb. They take three seconds. They can read a full reading in three seconds. That's why you pay big money for the thermal pens. But they got this cheap little plastic thread on them for taking the battery in and out. And I went to go get the battery out, and evidently I stripped it the last time I changed the battery. So I thought if I jabbed it harder with the screwdriver, I could create a new groove and unscrew it. So I'm doing this. Boom. Right into my hand with a nice overly thinned out, twisted flathead. Screwdriver. How many know God will remind you of the things he's done for you when you poke a hole in your hand, especially the muscle, you think about the nails in his hand on the cross really quickly. I'm, I'm serious. It hurt. So anyway, none of that has anything to do with today's message. That was just to let you know why PJ singing with no guitar. Anyway, well, we're thankful. Last week we talked about repentance, which is turning from our sinful ways and now saying, I'm going to follow you, God. I want you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. And I confess that you are to be Savior of my life. But I was thinking this week about baptism. Baptism by water. And I was thinking when I was baptized about 10 years old, Big church, night service. Gets a little crazy in some of those night services. Ten-year-old, I mean, there's probably 500 people. And when you're 10 and you see 500 people, it looks like a million. And I remember the pastor took me up behind a curtain. And he got me in the water. And he said, okay, the curtain's going to open. And we do the baptism. You know, just praise God. And people are going to be praying. And I will never forget the anointing that came upon this 10-year-old as, as my little peanut mind at that time. When they opened that curtain, I saw those people praying and worshiping and every hand lifted towards me and the power was so strong. I didn't know what was going on, but I felt this anointing of God I had never felt before as a little kid. I mean, I, I grew up in church. I'd been around it, but when the, when the focal point changed to be about this baptism, I, I just, it was... It, it almost freaked me out. It was like, whoa, wow. But you could feel the genuine love from the people as they prayed over me. And that's, that's, how, they, that's how they baptized me when I was about 10. And we're, you know, we're a mobile church. We don't have like a big baptismal up here. But we have ways to baptize you. So don't worry about that. If you want to get baptized, and I encourage you, if you haven't, let us know. We'll get you dunked tomorrow. We got our ways, people. No, we are getting a really cool outdoor baptismal for the parking lot. You see them a lot of the mobile churches have. It's heated. And we're going to do outdoor baptisms. We got a pond that Nate has offered up. If you want to go old school, Jesus-like, see a Galilee, we can do that. But we've got a baptismal coming that will be available for baptism Sundays. Or you don't have to wait for baptism Sunday. If you want to get baptized immediately, we will do it. It's important. And today I'm going to tell you why it's important.
So what is baptism? The word baptize means immerse. It means immerse. The reason the Bible uses words is because they mean things and not to be modified. They mean, that's why Jesus was Jesus, Jehovah says. Hebrew, Jehovah, uh, Joshua, Yeshua means Jehovah of the Old Testament shall save his people from their sins. Translated the Greek is Jesus. That's why it's Jesus. That's why it matters, for he shall save his people. So every word in the scripture matters. That's why we have to be careful how we modify it over time. With, and there's a lot of cool translations and stuff, but some things, if we change it, we start losing value, if that makes sense. The word baptized means immerse. The New Testament is our blueprint in God's, to God's kingdom, and his word is to lead and guide us in all things. Everybody say all. It's not just the things we pick and choose. We have to go with everything it says if we're a Christian. Christian. Upon repentance, baptism is critical as it not only is in obedience to the word of God, it's when our belief takes action as we publicly profess to others who we follow. Scripture is twofold. There's always a spiritual and a, and a physical correlation. You'll see a lot of spiritual correlation in the New Testament to physical correlation in the Old Testament. There's a lot of physical steps of faith that lead to spiritual revelations. There's always this twofold step with God. And when you do one, you get the other. They work together. Every physical step of faith, there is a spiritual significance and action that takes place. This is not just to feel good. There is a spiritual things, thing that happens when we get baptized. There is a spiritual thing that happens when we repent. There is a spiritual thing that happens in everything we do wholeheartedly in the name of the Lord. Jesus always preached that which is unseen is greater than that which is seen. But in order to reveal the unseen, we must follow the steps by active faith in order for God to open our spiritual eyes. I want to focus today on John chapter 3. This is probably my favorite passage in the whole New Testament. I love it because it's raw, it's real, and it's Jesus himself talking to a very intelligent Jewish leader. He knows stuff, but he was really confused by the simplicity of Christ's message here in the passage. It says in verse 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night. Isn't it funny he came by night? He didn't want anybody to know that he didn't have it all together. How many feel like sometimes we don't want anybody to know that we don't have it all together, so we'll just kind of slip in there and talk to God when no one's looking? So did Nicodemus. Nicodemus knew something was wrong, but if anybody saw that he even would maybe support the Christ, he was afraid it would jeopardize his political you know, role as a leader. So it says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. We know it. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, of God. Nicodemus scratched his head for a second. Smart man but he rationalized this with his senses. 
See, our senses will try to process a move of God, and if we can't process it, we decline it. But God is spiritual, and we can't rationalize with our senses what God meant to be spiritual because it's not the same. Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, how can a man be born when he's old? He's already born. He already did, you know, he already learned to walk. He already had the bottle. He's already a grown man. How can he be born again, Jesus? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb, awkward, and be born? That's crazy. Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Before he said, see it. Now he's getting a little more, a little more raw, a little more real. He's saying, unless you are born of water and the spirit, my friend, you cannot enter my kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. The title of today's message is The H2O Effect. How many know what H2O is? It's so creative, isn't it? It means water. Thank you, my children over there. I don't know. I can't see, but thank you. The H2O Effect. Water cleanses. How many know Jesus was referred to as the living water? Because he cleanses. See, when we repent, you know like you've forgiven somebody, but you didn't forget what they did. So you're cautious. And God's not cautious with us like that. But you know like you can forgive somebody you love, but you're still aware of what they've done in the past. And so you're kind of letting, letting it breathe because you've seen it before. But baptism now is different. Baptism is a cleansing. Baptism by water is a cleansing. Water and the Spirit. In the next two weeks, we're going to talk about born of the Spirit. This is born of water that Jesus was referring to. And water is referred to as the Word. Christ was the Word. They're all synonyms. When you are washed by the water, you are washed clean by Christ. And now he says, I don't even remember what you did. It's gone forever. It's gone. So you don't need to keep thinking about what you did in the past because I already forgot, God says. It's for the remission of sins. I forgave you, but now I've remitted. They never happened. They're gone. How many are grateful for that? I don't know about you, but I got some ugliness in my past, and I'm so glad that God would forget them because if I can't forget them, it makes me crazy. So if I know that my God has forgotten them, I can forget them too and move on to the good things God has. I don't need to think about that no more. See, God's renewal system, transformation process, will put you through a cleansing process. That's a good one. God's renewal system will put you through a cleansing process. And it starts with a clean. Everybody's got, you know, spring cleaning to do. If you're like us, we're still spring cleaning our house from January when it was actually winter. We like to spring clean all year round because we got so much junk to get out of the closet. And if we don't make room, we can't take in new things. If we're clogged with junk, we can't take in new things. And in order to be cleansed, we got to spring clean something. Tripping over everything. I'm tripping over that problem I had. I'm tripping over that job that made me get mad in the car and do that to that person in the car and show them that finger gesture in the thing and I'm tripping over that 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 person that that made me stumble and I'm tripping over that place I went and I'm tripping over that you got to get it out of the garage clean it out you need a cleansing 
We can't bring that which is spoil into God's temple. You with me? It's got to be gone. So God says, I got a way. If I ask it of you, I'm going to provide a way to give it to you. That's how God works. He won't leave you stranded. Baptism cleanses me of my past and gives me a clean slate. Everybody say clean. It's, you know, a squeaky clean. You could eat off it, you know. It's that clean. It's clean. God rids our sins and ugliness of the past and wipes them away forever. I shall not bring that which is spoil into God's temple. Repentance was turning towards God being forgiven for our sins. And now upon repentance, it's time to get baptized by water. I want to be born of the water, God, washed by the word, clean forever, remitting of my sins. And, and, and you're still going to mess up. It's okay because we're human. You're still going to mess up, and it's okay to, to ask God for forgiveness when you mess up. But now when you mess up, when you say, God, forgive me for that, he'll wipe it away clean again. It's gone. But you got to keep moving towards the mark of the high calling. It's a marathon, not a race. He's not here to knock you down. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to make you better and bring you into his house. And when you stumble, he's going to lift you up like a little child, but he needs your faith to be pure like a child in order to communicate that thing which he's trying to show us. Baptism, you know, John baptized, John the Baptist baptized under repentance. But he whose shoes I am worthy not to loose will baptize you with fire in the Holy Spirit, referring to Acts. But while Jesus was on this earth, they started baptizing in the water. Because not only was Christ the Messiah, but baptism in the practical sense was a sign of who you follow. Who do you follow? I follow John. So he was baptizing him. Into what name do you baptize, John? Okay. I follow Jesus. I am baptized into the only name of who I follow that represents what I believe, who authorizes my faith, who is in charge of my life is who I follow. That's why we think it's physically important and there's a spiritual significance. Not only does he wash away the sins forever in the spiritual, you physically are professing to all your friends and all your people, I follow Christ. And we immerse, and we immerse when we believe. And I'm going to get to that scripture. I'm jumping ahead of my passage here. But we immerse because it's all of us has to die to become new. We can't just wash part of us away. We have to get rid of all of our old man and bury that guy. It's like repenting without faith in baptism is like saying I do but never walking down the aisle. It wouldn't have really worked good with my wife if I said it, when I said, I, when she said I do at 24-hour fitness back in whatever year it was, out on the, I know it was so romantic, when I proposed to her at 24-hour fitness with my rose from Walmart that I made her wait in the car. I said, don't look, I got to go get something. I went in and grabbed a rose. It's so romantic. I had the guy at the counter come out and take our photo. I said, hey man, can you take our picture? We're getting married. He's like, at a gym? Like, this, this is where we met, brother, okay? We met here, so now we're engaging here. See, it's romantic, don't you get it? But if, if nothing happened after that, then it's just a good Facebook post. There's nothing left. 
If we never walked down the aisle and committed to each other and stayed together, you know, and things happen. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if we never even took any action after the I do, uh, the yes, the proposal, just the engagement, that's like a repentive heart has no follow through. That's why this matters, because your action reveals where your heart has gone. Does that make sense? It's very important. We're living in a culture that is learning to abuse that flow of God, that we use grace in such a way that nothing matters. It's just all grace. But grace was the doorway. Faith walks through it. Grace is the doorway. Faith walks through it. It's by his grace we have an opportunity to come back in the covenant with him because he gracefully hung on that cross for us. He gracefully took nails which man had to hurt and he didn't have to. So by his grace we are saved through our faithfulness which moves, takes steps. Everywhere there was baptism, recorded in the New Testament, was in the name of Jesus. Was in the name of Jesus. It's all through Acts. You can read it. It's all over. And God's renewal system will put you through the cleansing process. And the reason, again, it's in the name of Jesus because I profess now publicly who I follow. The Bible says there is no other name given among men in which we must be saved. It is the only name given among the heavens that we can be saved. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in Christ bodily. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Comforter will come to you. The Holy Spirit will come to you. He says, I will come to you a couple sentences later. He's telling you right then who he is, who the name is. The name represents the authority of who was to come and die, the plan of redemption, the word made flesh. It matters. God's renewal system will put you through a cleansing process. We fully immerse because we are submerging all of us to God. And baptism is for the believer. One must confess Christ to be a believer. We don't baptize babies because a baby's innocent to begin with. Until one is old enough to recognize sin, because if you look at this passage here, when the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch, wanted to be baptized, he asked Philip, what must I do? And he says, you must believe. What hinders me from being baptized? He says, here's water. He says, nothing, as long as you believe that Christ is Lord and Savior of the world. I've baptized two of my kids so far. And we're working on Taz. What I'm trying to do is teach him what sin is. And, and when he's old enough to understand lying, because he's really good at it, I don't know that he understands what it is he's doing. I let him, they, they start hungering for this. I say, okay, let's do it. You're ready, let's do it. I would never stop anybody from it. But there is a reason we wait, because baptism is for the believer. You have to have a, a cut heart to understand why you need to be baptized, why it matters, because this is not a ritual. This is an act of God. He calls to those who are obedient to his word. And Philip says in Acts 8.36 to the eunuch, now as they went down the road, 
they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? See, y'all don't know, but in the passage earlier, the eunuch was hungry for God. He, he had heard about Jesus and all these things that he was doing, and he knew that baptism was very important, and he wanted, he wanted to be baptized. And he said, Philip, what must I do? Then Philip said, if you believe, everybody say, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And we don't have the verse up, but after that, it says they went down in the water and came up and Philip vanished. If you read newer translations, they take out the part about belief altogether. That is the critical part and it takes it out altogether. It just says that he was baptized. See, we have to be careful. We can, we can get context, but we have to be careful on fundamentals. If we strip out the value, we lose the context of where the meaning was implied to be. The belief is essential. When we're old enough to understand, when we're old enough to understand what sin is and to be accountable, it's essential. We repent and then we get baptized in the name of Jesus to be born of the water, to be cleansed by the word. The new birth is twofold. The baptism speaks of water and spirit that's why we're breaking it up, because people get this confused. They don't really understand it. So we're breaking it up and going back to Jesus when he says you must be born of water and the spirit. This week we're talking about born of water. The next two weeks after that, we're going to go into what born of the spirit is scripturally in Acts, which is our blueprint. We must inhabit all the scripture. But baptism by water is a cleansing, and baptism by the spirit is the regeneration of the new man. But in order to have a resurrection, see, when we, we repented, we went to the cross with Christ. When we are baptized, we are by water, we are baptized into his death. We go to the tomb. And in order for a resurrection to occur, there must be a burial. There has to be death for there to be life. Romans 6, 3 through 4, Paul says. Do you not know that as many as us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We died with him. We go down into the water and have died with him. Into the tomb, we remain. Therefore, we were buried, verse 4, and with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. He's saying we have to recognize that a death must take place in order for a new life to happen. Transformation is a process. It's a process. In order for life, there must be death. I can't give God all of me without forsaking my old self. I can't hang on to that. I got to be willing to get all in, all in the water. That's why I always say we don't, we don't serve with our toe in the water. We jump in the pool. That's how we serve around here. That's, that's the culture here because we want to go all in for Christ because we expect God to, pro to deliver on his promise because he said he would never forsake his promise to us. So if we go in with our toe in the water, we know we are going to miss some blessings that God wants to give us, some revelation that God wants to give us. That's why we have to go all in. You guys with me? This is a passionate area for me. I love, I love this John 3 because it's so important. It's getting lost in this culture. It's getting lost in the next generation. 
It's becoming a feel-good thing. But there is some fundamental scripture that people are no longer even reading. Who are we to change the word? We have to keep the word at the center of our walk. It's so important. In order to find new things from God, we must go through a cleansing process and bury our old ways. My steps matter. My action matters. And my life matters to God. He cares about you. He loves you like a child. And there has to be a burial before a resurrection through baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus. In order for there to be remission, there must be submission. Remission happens after full Submission, remit, to remove, to get rid of the remission of sin. Be baptized for the remission of sins and I will clean your life forever. It is gone. It is no longer even in my memory. I shall forget it. Isaiah 28.10 says, For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little there a little. There's another verse that says, out of two or, two or more witnesses, every word shall be established. It's collective. The scripture is collective. It's not a one and done. Don't live by a single verse. It's collective. Look at the audience. Who was he talking to? What did they know? Look at the dispensation they were in. There's all these elements that matter, that bring the value out of the text. It's collective. God does everything collective. God's plan of salvation is revealed collectively across the New Testament. That's why it's there. It's to teach us so we understand. He said, go and teach all things. Teach is part of it. It's not just praise. It's fun to get full of joy and shout for praise, but there has to be teaching also at the bottom of it. Got a hot base connection there or something. It's gone. God speaks to us the same way, collectively. He'll give you line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. You'll, you'll get this verse, of, I've heard that a million times. And then one day, this light bulb's gonna go ding. But it's not really a light bulb. It's called a revelation by the Spirit of God working on your heart. He's gonna connect it for you. It's collective. And he's gonna wove the strands together and give you a revelation that you may have never seen before. That's why we go through sanctification. We wanna keep growing Always. We've come to teach the true gospel here and not shy away from it. So we're excited to be transparent here. If y'all could stand to your feet with me as we close this Memorial Day. God's renewal process will put you through a cleansing. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins by water immersion, we believe it matters. Let us know. We'd love to baptize you. Cheyenne's getting baptized real soon. Give it up for Cheyenne. But anybody else, you don't have to be qualified. We'll baptize you anytime. All you got to say is, we believe Christ is the Word made flesh, Lord of my life. But you can let me know. You can let Michelle know. It's an exciting time. You can send an email to info at oncechurch.org. You can Facebook message us. If you've got our phone number, you can text us. You can, you can Instagram. 
whatever works, it's all good. We just want to talk to you. That's so, that's so good. If you know somebody else who doesn't know about this, here's your chance to plant one seed. Hey, man, do you know about, do you know about the, God's transformation process? Come, come learn about it. Hey, we'd love to teach you. Reach to your brothers and your sisters out in your neighborhood. We want the best God has for us, and we must follow according to his word, not our own. Remember, we are sensual people. God's word is spiritual. And just like when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but he still did it. It was still a thing. He still forgives sins. We can't understand it, but we believe it because we know what God is able to do is immeasurably more than anything we could ever do because we are confined to mortal senses. Let's bow our heads as we go out and praise this morning on this beautiful day. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we come to you right now in a critical moment of our church because this is fundamental. We want people to get this. We want people to understand that the transformation is a must for a new Christian to walk in the newness of life. There must be a transformation of the old man and buried and put away and you must be resurrected like you did from the tomb. We want to resurrect with you, Lord. It's a free gift that you'll give to all men who ask, God, and we are not going to shy away from it. We want to see all men come to the throne of grace. God, we pray right now that you have your hand on us this week. Help us go through and be a light in all situations, even when we're outside the church. Help us be a light of the good things and not shed the bad things, not talk about them that way, not talk, talk negatively. Let's be a good light. Let's say good things. Let's, let's speak wholeheartedly, and let's have a wonderful day today at the barbecue. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, amen.